So if you want to have a conversation with your boy and it's an important one, get up, move around, go for a walk, play catch. Notice what changes. The boy brain's going to work differently. And if it's really an important conversation, make sure that you're doing something other than just sitting there staring at each other. Dr. Gregory Jantz has some suggestions on connecting with your son and raising him to be a godly man. Welcome to Focus on the Family with your host, Focus President and author Jim Daly, and I'm John Fuller. Uh, John, today we're going to take an insightful look uh, into how we can raise sons that excel in all areas of their lives. I mean, that should grab you right there, right? Uh, You know, boys are really struggling in the culture, and uh, they're struggling on how to know their place in the world and where they fit in. And uh, I am confident uh, you are really going to benefit by listening to today's uh, special guest on this issue of raising boys. Now, Dr. Jantz is a psychologist, and he's written a number of books, dozens of books, actually, including Raising Boys by Design, which is the subject of our conversation today. Dr. Jantz, welcome to Focus on the Family. Oh, so good to be with you, and what a great topic. Now, why did you pick this topic as a psychologist? Of all the topics, why this one about boys? Well, you know, I've been doing counseling for over 30 years, and some of the greatest challenges can come when we're dealing with our boys. (laughs) And if you have boys, you know boys are different. They're laughing with us right now. (laughs) Yes, and I also have two boys. So this is a topic I am passionate about. Close to your heart. Very close to my heart. Now, as a psychologist, one of the things I found fascinating is that you took a look at brain science and the way that science is reinforcing what we know in Scripture, which I'm always a believer in. I know that the two should run parallel. But what, as a professional, what have you seen in that regard when it comes to brain science and how Scripture is telling us what to expect when it comes to boys. (laughs) Well, there's a lot of great examples in Scripture about how boys are different, and boys, science is showing us, by the way, and this is an exciting time, that uh, boys' brains really are different. We have the science to show it. And boys are designed for a certain calling. Every boy has a calling on his life. And how would that, what, what does it look like to have that special calling? Well, One of the things that we know is, and if you've got a boy, you probably noticed, and it could be he's always tapping on something. If you have him in the classroom, you know, he's tapping on some kid's head in front of him. (laughs) And they're constant movement. And they're constantly moving. And we go, what? Just calm down, please. And you go, because boys can frustrate us. But when we understand the design of the brain and how God made them, one of the things that we can do is sit back and relax a little bit. Relax and knowing, you know, that's normal. That boy is tapping to keep his brain awake. It's called uh, the alpha state of the brain. And boys have to have a lot of movement. In fact, in school, if we allow them to move and we put them on little bouncy balls instead of hard chairs, we actually can improve their performance on tests by movement. That's how the boy's brain works. It keeps them awake. It keeps them awake. The movement's important, but it's a part of the cognition of how the brain works. God made him that way. Now, when you explain this to your wife, how did she take it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think there's, we can sit back and there can be a relief. Okay, boys are that way, and a lot of times they may be labeled as uh, don't have a good attention span, and we get concerned about our boys because right now, and this is a time that we should be concerned, there's a lot of things that can pull a boy in, uh, and, and that's not good. 
Uh, we've got technology these days, and uh, boys are uh, visual, and we know that the average age of exposure for a boy to pornography on the Internet is about age 10. Hmm. And so some of the things we're seeing we need to talk about, how to protect our boy, how to protect that growing and developing brain. You had some experiences as a boy that yes. helped shape some of what you now understand as a professional, as a psychologist. What happened in your life as a little boy that began to give you a perspective on being a boy? Well, I was the young man that probably didn't do that well in school. I wasn't really a delinquent, but I was always on on the edge. I, I didn't do that well. But there was a turning point for me. And it was a turning point when somebody really spoke into my life. It, I was a senior in high school, and it was, a, it was a counselor, a camp counselor, and he said, Greg, I believe in you. And he began to impart uh, a positive belief in my future and spent time with me. And uh, my senior year in high school was radically different. I was an elected outstanding student of the year. I went from failure to having success because somebody believed in me and showed me that I had a special future. Were you not getting that uh, at home? Or what, what was happening where your parents weren't providing that? Well, or were you not accepting it from your parents? I think one of the things that we know is important for boys is mentors and having a, a mentor and, and usually a non-family member to speak into your life. Uh, I grew up in a family that was very supportive, but to have somebody outside of my family who began to see my qualities, my uniqueness, how God made me. Now, I think you you described uh, in your book, Raising Boys by Design, that you were a disruptive child yes. uh, up until that point. What did that look like? I mean, a lot of us have boys who are disruptive. <laughs> so speak to that and help us sure. understand what you were like prior to that, that man's um, intervention in your life. Well, for me, probably school was seen as optional. School was something that I, I, I didn't really understand the importance of it. And so I always, I was probably the dreamer. I had other things on my mind, as many boys do. And so school got in the way of other things I wanted to do. <laughs> so right. can you exactly. relate to that? Yeah. We see that a lot with boys. And in fact, uh, we know that uh, you know 90% of the Ds and Fs in schools go to boys. Now, just that 90%. 90%. Hmm. Uh, that percentage has gone up, not down. So just by looking at, well, how are boys doing academically, generally speaking? They're not doing well. Huh. And so that tells us, okay, we need a different way of reaching our boys. How do we go about addressing that? I guess starting with our own household. Yes. I mean, all three of us have boys. Yes, we do. And many of our listeners have boys. Um, how do we go about acknowledging that and then helping them. Let's say we have a son that's struggling yes. with schoolwork. What are some things that we can do? Well, one of the things that we can do is understand that if you're frustrated with your boy and you tell him, sit down, look at me, we're going to have a conversation. And you know how we get frustrated? And, you, and you'll even say something like, look at me in the eyes while I talk to you. Have you ever said that, John? <laughs> no. Not in the past 20 minutes. <laughs> I've actually got that written on a three-by-five card just to <laughs> flash it so I don't have to say it anymore. And, and of course, we tell the boy, sit down, listen to me while I'm talking to you, look at me. <laughs> and, and the boy brain does this. It's just glazed over. Right. And then we give our lecture, Right. And then we say to our son, did you hear what I just said? And he goes, uh-huh. Right. And you go, then you say, well, what did I just tell you? 
And he goes, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a double jeopardy. Are you hanging out at our house this weekend? I mean, yeah. that's so common. And, and so we need to understand if you have something really important to talk to your boy about, first of all, put an object in his hand, hmm. uh, whether it's a, a ball. Boys need a mediating object. Huh. So if you want to have a conversation with your boy and it's an important one, get up, move around, go for a walk, play catch. Notice what changes. The boy brain's going to work differently. And if it's really an important conversation, make sure that you're doing something other than just sitting there staring at each other. Make sure there's movement. And it's okay. Let him have something to fiddle with. I have an eighth grade boy, and one of his teachers said to him just the other day, uh, or said to me, he says, you know, your son just draws in class. And I said, yeah, he needs something, but he does really well on test. Okay, but the teacher was disturbed that he would just draw. Feels like he's not paying attention. Feels like he's not paying attention. But as long as he has something in his hand, he is paying attention. In fact, it's helping him pay attention. So we just need to understand, uh, and we love our teachers. And teachers are faced with with challenges with boys. Here we've got technology. uh, Boys are on their devices. And we've got to talk about boundaries around technology. How do we do that with boys? So... There's some challenges out there. Oh, there really are. Uh, Being that parent, though, of the boy who is struggling in that way, you have a concept called design-based parenting, and that might be a bit of what you're talking about by putting something in the boy's hand. But what what are you getting at when it comes to uh, design-based parenting? Well, first of all, it's going to be a great relief for many just to understand, okay, the boy's brain is different. My frustrations can go down if I relax a bit and begin to praise that boy for how God has designed him. Boys have a more fragile, if you will, ego and self-esteem than we ever want to admit or realize. They can put a hard shell around them, Yes, yes. And our sons need a positive word spoken over them uh, every day. They need to know that we believe in them, and they need to know that there is a plan for their life, and it is good. I took what was life-changing for me, somebody that told me that they believe in me. And this is a part of the design-based parenting, because the Bible will give us what we need. Science is supporting it. Now let's look at the strategies we can operate and implement to help our boys be successful. My uh, youngest son, on a snowy day, and I oftentimes I would tell them in the morning, have a great day, Dad believes in you. I was leaving early that day, and my boy comes out in his pajamas and uh, through the snow, barefoot, taps on my car window and says, Dad, I believe in you. Have a great day. <laughs> oh. And so our sons, that this will take seed in them, and they will pass it on. <laughs> you know, Dr. Jansen, it would be difficult to believe that when you're parenting, when you're in the middle of that parenting yeah. Uh, yes. role because you're saying these things over and over again. And right. the pillow talk, when you and your wife go to bed or yes. your husband and you go to bed, you go, I've told them these things a thousand times. Right. I don't think it's sticking. But you're saying it does stick. Just let it mature. Let it gain root. Is that what I'm hearing you say? You know, and and they will survive through junior high. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just say it. Yeah. Remember, a teenager and a son's job is to test boundaries. And they're going to do that. 
They're going to see how far they can push things, and we're just going to love them back with, with firm boundaries. But our teenagers, you know, the two questions they have, our boys, is who am I and where do I fit in? Yes. Let me push back on the, the mom interaction a bit, because I'm just observing Jane with the boys. Yes. Um, there's a high value, I think, for most women, most moms, for having that dialogue. That's how they process uh, frustration or oh, yes. disagreement. It's sit down and let's talk it through. If you're sitting uh, counseling a mom who has that bent that the way to get to the root of the problem is to sit and really look at each other and talk about it and find solution counsel her right now what do you say to her in terms of it doesn't always have to go your direction <laughs> okay. or your way yeah i'm going to say mom what does your son really enjoy doing engage yourself a little bit into his world one of the things we do is and and this is where technology we have a digital dinner not one night a week um, they can talk about it at the dinner, dinner table, anything in the digital world. We're going to enter their world mm. briefly. <laughs> okay, and, like and, I said. And, and how freely do they share? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's like, hey, what, what's the apps? What are, you, what are your friends doing? What's, what's going on? Mm. Um, so we're going to engage and enter their world. I'm going to tell that mom, mom, um, begin to show some interest in some areas that he is interested in. And begin to show that. Don't let that control you. But if you can get that connection with your son that says, oh, yeah, mom, mom is interested in something I am. Uh, once we have that, we can really enter in, in, a, in a deeper relationship. They need to know that they're valued. They need to know that you have an interest in them. Too often, we're telling them what they can and can't do. It's a, there's a lot of, okay, no, didn't you hear me? I said, don't do that. And, and there's a lot of instruction. And we want to make sure they know how much they're valued. Uh, Dr. Jantz, I want to, again, dig into the brain science. We mentioned it a little while ago, but I want to come back to it. Yes. Because in our culture, there's a dumbing down of difference. Right. Um, everybody wants uniformity, I would right. say. And there are times where that is helpful. But when it comes to the genders, uh, you see in science and you see in the Word of God that there is a distinction between male and female. Describe that distinction both biblically and scientifically. What is the brain sure. chemistry like in that regard? Sure. A boy's going to learn differently. They're going, their brain is going to be growing and developing until about age 25. A boy, see, we've got this prefrontal cortex. If you just touch your forehead, that's the part where we have our executive brain function. That's where we're supposed to make good decisions. It's supposed to, okay. That's and, not to smack yourself in the head. <laughs> right. And so when you think about boys, now they may not be using that prefrontal cortex, that part of their brain <laughs> that God has put, that comes a little later. And you'll ask a boy, you'll go, what were you thinking? And they go, uh, I don't know. <laughs> right, it's true. Because <laughs> they, they weren't thinking. And so understand that brain science um, piece because they're going to learn differently, different subjects, different time of the day. Boys need to have a lot of movement when, when learning. Boys also uh, need to have more brain breaks uh, as they're doing things. And you may notice, boy, if I get 10, 12 minutes of their attention, that's, that's good. And that's 12 minutes is yeah, a good run. That's a good and run. And that's a brain break, the time in between. So then they need movement. Okay. So, and 
we know that the brain is designed that way. Boys are going to do a whole lot better in small chunks. Uh, you know, Dr. Jan, some are uh, wondering about these differences between girls and boys. Uh, describe those differences for us. I mean, John, you've got some of both. Um, Three each. I only have boys, so yes. I'm totally locked in here. But uh, for that parent that uh, maybe they don't have a son yet, maybe they're still uh, anticipating the birth of a son, uh, talk about those differences very specifically, how girls behave and then how boys behave. You mentioned one example, fight or flight, as sure. a boy-centric kind of behavior. So a girl's going to use more words, but we knew that already. <laughs> <laughs> Not always. I mean, there is the 80-20 rule, right? Yeah, yeah. I had somebody once say I had diarrhea of the mouth. Yeah, so. well, yeah. <laughs> I was a little boy then, but I think it started early. Yes. Oh, you may notice that boys may and this is a general rule, they may use a lot less words. You ask them, how are you doing? How was your day? Fine, great. And you're wanting more. Right. Um, but they're going to use fewer words. Uh, and I'm making some generalities. Uh, the girl, she may use a lot more words and verbally process, and uh, she's going to be sharing a lot, maybe a lot more with you. She's going to be more verbal in her problem solving. A boy may tend to be more internal in their processing, uh, now, we want to watch that. We we want them to be able to articulate um, their feelings and what's going on. But a boy is going to be slower to put feelings into words. Right. So have patience with them. I thought uh, you mentioned in your book, Raising Boys by Design, uh, interesting observation that when you're speaking to sons, you say, how are you thinking about this? Rather than what you might say to a daughter, how are you feeling right, right. about this? I asked my two boys this morning, and they yes. nodded profusely uh, at asking them how I'm thinking rather than how I'm feeling. So at least the uh, subject matter of two, <laughs> yes. they were totally in line with that. And I don't think I've ever said, how are you thinking? Mm -hmm. I've always said, how does that make you feel? Right. And Why they may, is that and they different? may not know. Yeah. I mean, when I say it, I think I'm saying both of those. But right. what is the difference between how you feel and how you think? Well, they're going to be able to, to anchor in, how am I thinking? And they're, that's going to help them as far as, okay, I'm, this is what I'm thinking. Um, feeling, they're going to be much slower. They uh, have to really study that. What do you yeah, mean by feelings? Feeling, now what? I'm just fine. Don't you know it? <laughs> so you, you also talk about where boys' brain chemistry, uh, they rely more on the gray matter of the brain. Yes. And women, girls, rely more on the white matter of the brain. Not being a brain scientist, what's the distinction between the two, and why are they found generally in the genders? Sure. Well, you know, we have two brain hemispheres, and uh, there's pathways between the two. And a female, generally speaking, will have a lot more pathways, and they're going to process and, and a lot more things happening between those two hemispheres of the brain. Boys are going to process, at best, usually one thing at a time. <laughs> right, okay? that's the, the gray matter. Yes, that's the gray matter. <laughs> so they're going to be uh, more sequential. I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to go on to this next, um, whatever's next on my list, uh, versus having a lot going on and keeping track of it. So yeah. keep it simple. You have something you want your son to do, do it really simple. Mm -hmm. Write down three, th one, do this, one, two, three. And don't make it longer than three things. 
Yeah, right. And that'll work far better. Well, it will. Yeah. It will. I like that. You also mentioned uh, what a boy learns from his mom. And yes. I think that is really profound. I liked uh, that portion of yes. your research and what you mentioned there. Uh, describe those things for us. What does a boy learn specifically from his mother? A boy may learn more about empathy and how... Uh, to be alert to the feelings of others. They may learn more of that through the mom. Uh, the mom, uh, I'm reminded of a mom I saw. Uh, my youngest son was playing a football game, and there was a boy that was down on the field who didn't get up immediately. You know, may, maybe he was hurt. The mom comes running down out of the stands to the field because her boy wasn't getting up. The dad's actually standing on the sideline just watching. Okay, they both of them are handling this differently. The mom is concerned, and she's, is he okay, is he okay? So she's got high empathy. The dad's on the on the side of the field going, he's fine, he's gonna get right up, he's gonna get up. Hang on, don't <laughs> and, go out there. And he did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've heard that story a different way, where the, the son on the football field is looking at his mom saying, why are you out here? Yeah. <laughs> well, that, absolutely. And one of the things that um, we need to, Understand the role of the mom is so important. Mm -hmm. uh, she may show, the mom may show more frustration towards the son, um, but your role is important. You're going to teach that boy uh, a lot of, to do with relationships, how to relate, how to respect feelings. So the mom is needed. Uh, the boy needs to learn these things. I saw my wife uh, kind of coaching our boys into what they were feeling. Earlier, yes. you were talking about thinking and feeling. This is something I could not do, and it was, I think, helpful for them. I didn't receive it so well when she would tell me what I was feeling after we got married, but I, there's a coaching element for moms with regard to what we would call emotional intelligence, right? Absolutely. And what does that look like uh, at different ages and stages? Well... At different ages, a young man is going to be more aware of his feelings, uh, particularly when he gets older. And we're going to also see that you're going to require, it's going to require a lot of patience with that young man. You may have a boy that's a lot of internal processing and you're trying to coach him on feelings, and that may come later. Yeah, but what if he doesn't accept your coaching? <laughs> and, he, and he may not. Uh, or it may appear that way. Mm -hmm. So stay with him. Mm -hmm. Um, here's what we want to watch with our boys. W um, watch how they're processing anger and frustrations. Uh, the two rules are, you, you, you know, you, you don't injure yourself or others or property, um, but watch how they're processing their, their frustrations. Is a boy, is he breaking things? Is he hitting things? So what you want to do with the boy is uh, help him understand anger uh, and, and help him understand the proper processing of that anger. And you're saying a mom plays a key role. Oh, a key role. In those yes. things. Yes. Uh, talk about dad as we're wrapping up here. What are dad's contributions to the boy in his fathering? A dad is going to uh, teach a boy about what it means to be a man and to be a godly man. In our culture, a boy doesn't know when, he, when it's a man. I asked my oldest son a while back, I said, so when do you become a man? He says, well, I think it's when I get my driver's license. Yeah. So uh, the dad is going to be teaching, what does it mean to be a man? Which means integrity, honor, respect. You're going to teach that boy because deep in the heart of every boy is he wants to be a hero.
Show him how to be the hero. Show him how to be the Christ-like hero. That's a perfect place uh, to end today because I want to come back and talk about the hero, the acronym HERO. And we'll start there next time. Uh, Let's do that. Uh, Greg, this has been a fascinating conversation, and the time has flown by. That must mean we're the father of boys there, John. Uh, (laughs) Everything is so relevant, and we can see our own selves in that setting, as you described, the homework problems and all the other things. That's being the parent of boys. And I want to pick up where we have left off. Uh, Let's do that, okay? You got it. Well, we do look forward to hearing more about how you as a listener can understand your son better, how he thinks and uh, why he does what he does, and how you can better connect with him. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team here, thanks for listening. I'm John Fuller. I really enjoyed what Dr. Gregory Jan said about teaching your boy what it means to be a man and those attributes of integrity and honor and respect that define a godly man. All boys want to be a hero, and I'm sure you'll want to hear Dr. Jantz's acronym on how to build a hero, so please do join us for tomorrow's program. Our resource offering is called Raising a Modern Day Knight by Robert Lewis. This book will show you how to confidently guide your son into the kind of authentic biblical manhood that can change our world. You'll find that on our website at safamily.co.za. While you're online, please take some time to browse through our website. Not only will you find a range of resources for order, but there are thousands of helpful articles. You can sign up to receive our email newsletter with marriage and parenting content, or link to our Facebook or Twitter pages to follow us there. And you can easily listen to recent broadcasts right on the site, or subscribe to our daily podcast, or better yet, get the Focus on the Family Africa app. So I encourage you to visit safamily.co.za. I'm Graham Schnell for Focus on the Family Africa, inviting you to tune in next time when we'll once again help you and your family thrive in Christ.